Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And for those of you that keep half an eye on the UK news, uh, you probably worked out that this week's episode could well be a bit of a doozy because the news has been coming absolutely thick and fast. And it's been the kind of news that also tends to get me rather excited. Um, To be honest, it's almost got to the stage where there's too much of it and I don't really want to be banging on about it as much as I'm probably going to but I I simply can't help myself and the fact that I've really had my head down doing a load of work so I've not really been anywhere to in sort of interact with or bump into anything else interesting means that there's a very good chance you're going to get a lot about this week's affairs so let's crack on uh, with a bit of that twangy guitar and see where we get to Right, we better start with the biggie. And on Monday, um, Suella Braverman introduced the illegal migration bill into the House of Commons. Now, um, very quickly, this has been rebranded. It's been rebranded as Stop the Boats, which were the three words that were on um, the podium when Rishi Sunak made a statement about this later on through the day. But there are a couple of things that I think we need to talk about right at the beginning, um, which frame all this and actually help to understand a lot of what's gone on through the week, a lot of which has been lost, actually, uh, in the debate and the discourse, or rather the noise. Um, Firstly, at the top of the bill, the first thing that was on the piece of paper or the statement that accompanied uh, the bill was a statement from Braverman herself about the, uh, un- the European Convention of Human Rights. And on this thing, she's put, I'm unable to make a statement that, in my view, the provisions of the Illegal Migration Bill are compatible with the Convention rights, but the government nevertheless wishes the House to proceed with the bill. So at the top of the bill, she's essentially said, I don't think this is compatible with the European Convention on Human Rights. Now, The European Convention on Human Rights is something that we were a co-signatory of and and a founder of and absolutely involved in um, the process of of putting together. That was was one of the things that you look at from from a UK perspective back in whatever year it was, I think it was 53, that is a really, really positive, powerful thing that the UK has been involved with. And when you look at this, and there's been a lot of talk, we're talking a lot about getting rid of the ECHR. Um, which would put us in a very small group of people who have decided to move away from the ECHR and they're not countries you want to necessarily go for your holidays. Um, But if we go back to this thing that everybody is talking about as being a terrible thing, the the bit I don't get is what's so wrong with the the European Convention on Human Rights. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joining two things here. You're going to have to stick with me. But the bill... First thing it's saying is it's not compatible with the CHR. So, A, we know the bill's going to cause problems and, and, and put us on a collision path with 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 um, with Europe. But also, why are we wanting to have why are we wanting to pick that particular fight? Um, so if you look at the, the the ECHR, then essentially what you get is a list of, of, of things that it protects. So it protects the right to life. Okay, I'm fairly good with that one. That's fine with me. It, it protects you from torture. I'm fairly good with that. It protects you from slavery. I'm fairly good with that. It enshrines your right to liberty and security. 
I'm equally good with that. Um, it ensures that you have uh, the right to a fair trial. I'm good with that. And also, uh, it protects you from retroactivity, which basically means you can't be tried 20 years down the line. If there's a change in law, you can't be tried for something from 20 years ago if it didn't break the law 20 years ago, if that makes sense. Um, it enshrines the right to privacy. I'm, I'm good with that. It enshrines the right to um, religion and uh conscience so you can you can think and you can follow both your conscience and if you want to uh, follow religion you can do that i'm fine with that it enshrines the right to freedom of expression i'm fine with that which obviously includes freedom of speech it enshrines the right to freedom of association which means that you have a right to assemble so you have a right to form groups and things like trade unions fall under that i've got no problem with that it, it enshrines the right to, to marry and it frees you from discrimination. Now, that's essentially what the ECHR says. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm fine with most of those things. So therefore, I'm now worried about a bill that can't actually live up to those 10, 12 statements. Already, that's a, that's a problem for me. So that's... That's what's kind of happened today. And we can frame it around the migration thing and, and, and this thing that we don't really, we can't really say why migration is a bad thing. And the numbers of people coming to this country are very low compared with what's going on in other, in other places. Um, so I'm, I'm still a little bit perplexed as to what we're going about. The whole The whole thing for me with small boats is about is about the route and the way those things come about. So that is about the criminalization of that particular trade and the and the amount of money being paid effectively by people who are so desperate they are doing whatever they can to get away from the situation they're currently in. Um, but a bill that uses the, I, I, I guess, the framework of not being able to comply with the ECHR to to get there, I, I I kind of I've got to say I've got a bit of a problem with, um, you know it, it it causes me it causes me a bit of a an issue particularly when we we're, we're back to those three word tropes we're back to stop the boats which is take back control which is get Brexit done it we, we, is populism at its most um, you know most base and it's not actually telling us anything. It's 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 a thing that makes us think that something's being done for something bad without actually articulating any of the reasons why it's bad in the first place and just coming up with a very simplistic solution. And at the end of the day, there aren't simplistic solutions to complex problems. Um, and just making the problem a problem by saying it loud a lot and a lot and a lot and a lot or saying that it's the most important issue on the doorstep which I don't necessarily believe doesn't make it a problem either Tuesday I have a pain in my elbow I've had a pain in my elbow for a few weeks and basically what I'm really just going to say now is getting old is is horrible um, and it's I think it comes down um to, to repetition of certain actions. I've started playing badminton again, which I've mentioned, um, and I think that's part of it. I think a lot of um, worse work with the mouse, particularly on the podcast editing, is part of it as well. 
but what it essentially means is, and, and I happened to bump into a friend of mine who's a doctor the other day, and I said to him, look, I'm really sorry. I know people do this to you all the time, and but I've got a pain in my elbow. And and he said, it's fine. I, I, I taught his, um, I did football, didn't taught, teach. There was, there was no teaching involved, but I organised a football team that his son was involved in. And he said, look, as it's you, it's fine. And he said, where's the pain? And I, and I, you know, and I, I said, it's here. And he said, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's essentially it comes from, uh, you know, uh, repetition of actions. It's a, a, a little, uh, it's actually a little a thing of fat, I think he said, um, that's essentially become strained. And uh, it will be painful. And it's painful, you know, if my arm's straight out and relaxed, it's fine. But if I put my arm in certain ways, particularly things like, drinking a cup of tea or putting hair gel on are very, very painful. And you get a, just a really, really sharp pain. And the only the only fix is rest and icing it. That's it. And it's, I don't know whether it's a Tennessee elbow kind of thing, but it's not a dull pain. When it, when, when it happens, I really know about it. And, and there are expletives offered up uh, at that, at that point in time when it, when it happens. Um, now he did suggest as a parenting lesson that I should stop trying to beat my son at badminton. Uh, which I've, I'm not altogether um, taken by. Um, if I can still beat a teenager at badminton, then I'm going to continue to do it. Um, whether that make whether that's a comment on my virility or not, I'll live with it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, essentially, uh, aside from a small parenting lesson, rest and and icing it is all I can do. And as I say, it's just a it's just a getting old thing, and and I don't like it. I, I really really don't like it. Wednesday. I want to give a shout out um, to teachers and I want to give a shout out particularly to the staff at the high school that I'm a governor for and um, I did a, a, a panel today, something called a GDC uh, panel today and that essentially is where, uh, and it's one of the things about being a governor that, that you don't relish but just has to be done whereby I have to Form part of the panel just to check that the process of an exclusion of a student um, stands up. Um, do, you know, does it stack up? Is it been done for all the right reasons? Um, and within in the processes and the, and, and the guidelines, and is it fair? And is it um, you know um, proportional? And so, and the, I've done a couple of these, and I don't know if I mentioned when I did one before, um, but the one thing that came out of both experiences. Uh, was one how the system uh, doesn't uh, help uh, a small proportion of uh, children of students um, that that need more nuanced um, and more specialist help and care, and secondly that um, what's done in a mainstream setting to try and support students like that uh, is is often tremendous, and in both cases. Um, that I've been involved and asked, asked to look at, then I came away with an in, incredible amount of respect for the teams in, in the school and the work that has been done to try and help uh, the two young people involved. Um, and you, you, you walk away just, just feeling, you walk away feeling very, very sad. It, it's hard not to. It's hard not to make a connection um, with the circumstances in such a short, even in such a short space of time, the, the the process is that I'm given a pack that I read, and the 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 packs that I've been given have been remarkably in depth, and you you get a, a sense of how many individual people in the school 
have worked together to try and find solutions because all you're trying to do in this situation is is provide um, an opportunity for a student to have a mainstream education and the issue isn't in in both cases being that the the needs for that student can't be met by mainstream education it's it's no more or less complicated than that and you have to go through a process of permanent exclusion to then get the rest of the system you know to, to click into gear and to start to um, to provide what p- potentially is needed for you know for that child or that you know that, that that young person so it's I mean humbling as well um, but just the sheer scope of, of what's done um, the and you know at, at considerable cost as well um, which is irrelevant, actually. I don't know why I said that, because it's actually irrelevant. I'm fortunate to be a government at a school that has the financial capability to make decisions that if something is required uh, for, a, for a young person, it can, be, it can be put into place, that provision can be provided, because the school financially is very, very well run. So there is money available, so they don't have to worry about the budgetary side of it. If something is, you know, in cases... Um, in terms of um, pl- uh, sort of places of outreach that have been used to try and engage with children in terms of, you know, uh, things like drum lessons and all manner of things that have been provided as extracurricular activities to try and find a way of of, of supporting, you know, that particular student. Um, but you come away, as I say, feeling incredibly impressed, incredibly lucky that that my son goes to a school that has that ability and that has staff who want to go that far to try and provide the support that an individual needs but also just just that it's it's just a terribly terribly sad situation and whilst when you're sitting that I mean when you're sat in the process you're not there to do anything other than just effectively check that the process has been done properly everything that has been done has been done and you've exhausted all the tools that are available within a mainstream setting because you have to be very very clear about that um but what you're left with is just is just that situation of of of, of what you know what a terribly ta- sad um, sort of place some young people find themselves in, and just to hope that that actually the system in general can then spring into life and can and can provide what is needed, because to think that you would have the challenges that these two students have at that point in their life is you know is 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 really quite difficult to deal with Thursday I'm going to talk about the Gary Lenica situation now because I, I, I don't want to finish with that I want to finish with the snow uh, bizarrely um, but then why not um, on the back of the immigration bill on Monday, and as I say, I didn't want to get too much into what I don't want to do too much is get into the fact that this is a wedge issue. I don't want to get into the fact that this is just a culture war issue. This is just something to prod. This is this is the Tories trying to find something they can use for um, as an election tactic when it comes around, because that 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 really at the heart of it, that's what it is. Um, and it's awful because it also reminds you of a few things about where we are at the moment. We, we are so divided as a country. We are so polarised. Um, it's interesting that, yes, whilst there's bits of nuance of opinion, effectively we fall into two sides. And whether that's the woke or the anti-woke, whether that's leave or remain, 
it doesn't really matter what you call it, we fall down the middle. And if you go down that Twitter rabbit hole and you look at a few comments on a few tweets, you realise that that's, that that's where we are. That That's exactly where we are. And of course, that's exactly what is being stoked. And I, I the, the, the tragedy of, of, of what Cameron did, the, the tragedy of the whole Brexit thing, for me, is still the fact that we set the country somewhere to make a binary decision that we didn't need to make and we are still living with the consequences and we are going to live with the consequences for potentially decades. This is not healing any time soon. So there's that there's that bit of it. And then there's there's the you know, then there's the the, the Garolinica thing, there's the tweet that 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 sort of states that what's going on is uh, at the moment with things like the illegal immigration bill, illegal migration bill is is um, in some way, shape, or form very uh, characteristic. Characteristic is the wrong word, but it's it's like Germany in the thirties. The the language that's being used, the tactics that are being used, where we find ourselves at the moment, there are a lot of similarities between this and what happened um, in in you know in the thirties in Germany. And the thing that's interesting about that is that actually, technically, there's quite a lot in there that's true. Um, you know, um, fascism, fasc- fascism didn't happen overnight. Fascism was a creep. Fascism, and, and you just slowly slice away and erode and erode and erode and erode and erode. And then you end up having moved an enormous distance in five years and then you can't find your way back. Um, and there's plenty of that. We've only got to look at things like the policing bill and what's going on with voter ID. And there's a whole load of things where you look and go, well, you know, the, the rights of peaceful protest, you know, are, have been eroded. It is, go- you know, people are being disenfranchised from elections because if you haven't got voter ID and you've no need for ID in your daily life, and there's a lot of people who don't, then you are effectively being, you are, you are being, you know, locked out of the election process. Um, and while these things are in of themselves, nobody's saying to somebody, you can't vote, but it's about how difficult you make things. It's the obstacles that you put in the way, um, you know, and it's all the, it's all the, so we say, okay, the policing bill is all about just stop oil or about whatever, whatever protest it is to stop. But ultimately what you end up with is something that says you can't protest outside the houses of parliament. Now we're back again saying, well, that, you know, back at the beginning, the right to assemble is a is is enshrined in the ECHR. But anyway, so you know, Linnick has made that statement, and and the whole world's fallen apart, and we've now got a whole psychodrama uh, going on within the BBC, and I think it's a massive end goal, and we're also now at a situation where effectively um, the government, to a certain extent, is trying to influence uh, what people who work for the state broadcaster can say. So there's a whole lot in there that's worrying, um, you know, and you can tell by the reaction of the, the other pundits and the commentators and what have you, this is this is clearly going to take a while uh, to come down. But it absolutely plays into the government's hands in terms of making something a wedge issue. And what we should be talking about is the bill itself. And that's exactly what we're not talking about. What we've ended up with is we've ended up with this whole thing turning, you know, into an episode of... Of, of of W1A, you know, or or even I mean, if, I mean, if you've never watched W1A, you've never watched 2012, uh, and they the, the the way they satire these things, but you can imagine this is a W1A episode playing out.
with without a shadow of a doubt. So we've ended up in this situation. It's all going on, you know, and lots of us who are supporters of the BBC are looking at this and going, well, I'm, you know, I'm unhappy with the fact that the chairman of the BBC, you know, is a Tory donor. And I'm, I'm unhappy with some of the people involved in running the BBC, particularly when um, it was okay for Lineker to make quotes about Qatar when that was that was something that the government actually was quite happy to see, but they don't want to see this because it's not in support of government policy and yada, yada, yada. So I don't want to get too, too mired into conspiracy theory because I don't think this is necessarily where it's at. What concerns me, aside from the fact they've probably picked the wrong person to have a fight with, what concerns me is, is twofold. One, that we're not talking about the bill itself and recognising it for what it is. And secondly, at the same time, this is also... A, it, it's the deadest of dead cats um, at a point in time when a previous prime minister wants to give his dad a knighthood as well as giving a knighthood to the guy who runs and effectively owns the Daily Mail and also at a point when we're throwing out little things like a major project like HS2 is, is, is going to be, you know, is going to be put on pause and possibly will be reduced again. So the competency of the government to do something like build a national infrastructure project is is just not there. But it's okay; you can throw that out into the mix when we're talking about, um, you know, how woke Gary Lineker is, and and just slip a load of other stuff under the radar. So it's and I, I could do hours on this particular thing because it's it's just so wrong. But we need to get back to the thing we should be talking about, which is. That bill that was announced on Monday is flawed. It's not compatible with the ECHR. There's got to be another way around of sorting this. And why the hell are we being allowed to be taken down this culture war wedge issue path again? Because we know the kind of people who use it and we know what their outcome is and we know where it's used successfully. And do we really want to be that country? Friday. I've taken a breath and I'm going to finish with snow. Now, it's usual to get snow in March. That's not that's not unusual at all. I can't remember the last time I saw quite as much snow as we had yesterday in March. Um, but what it meant was two things. It meant two things. One, I went for an incredible walk yesterday morning. Um, and I, in places I was walking in a foot of snow. Uh, it took me a lot longer to walk than it normally would. I walked through the woods. I walked up and along the uh, on on the top road. It was absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Snowing all the time. I was walking, um, and I walked in great swathes of virgin snow, which was which is just lovely. Um, and I, I I had to when I was walking through the woods, I had to do something I've never done before, which I had to bend down, walk under, even move branches because the weight of snow on the branches had brought trees, had blo- effectively blocked the path. Um, so where you know normally the the trees are eight eight nine feet eight nine feet in the air, they were they were bent over so far that actually it it blocked it blocked the path, which was just incredible, absolutely beautiful. It's it, as I say, I've not seen as much snow like that in a while, and for it to sit on the trees in quite the way and just bring them down was just absolutely joyous. The other thing that was joyous about yesterday was both of my kids enjoyed a snow day. A, a proper snow day and um you know maybe i mean josh did 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 do some work through the day and, and obviously it's all about gcse's for him this year but 
they, he went out in the morning and then the turban went out in the afternoon sledging. And they just had a great day. They just came home with 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 pink faces, you know, and and sort of soaking wet through, having spent the day sledging or spent hours at a time sledging. And it was just when you look at everything else and everything that's going on and the things that I've kind of encountered through the week and the nonsense that's that's being talked about and the 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 amount of division that's being sown. At times you have to come back and go, do you know what? Today was a really incredible early morning walk in the snow and just how how beautiful can the planet be? And it was two kids who who regressed, you know, that, that didn't look like a 15-year-old, nearly 16, and a 10-year-old when they got back in, you know, sopping wet through, sledges in hand. Um, and, I, and it's nice to be able to leave it there because it's, Everything that seems to wind me up is from outside and from over there. It's not actually the things going on, the real things going on, you know, in the house and around, apart from my elbow, possibly. So, yeah, I guess you just have to keep reminding yourself of that. Um, maybe there is a reason not to read the news, but then it's too important at the moment not to take seriously. So we've just got to take it seriously. Um, the start of the week was obviously Rishi and Suella trying to to get a fix to get a fix to something that many of us don't think is a real problem but nevertheless they were trying to get a fix to a problem um i'm saying that because the fact that i've got an issue with my elbow means that i can do a double whammy for the episode title which i'm going to do um it also means that we can listen to richard hawley um and and if Elbow and Richard Hawley isn't one of the greatest collaborations ever, then I don't know, I don't know what is. So if nothing else, at the end of the episode, click on the link and listen to the piece of music that's inspired the episode title this week, because it is an absolute, um, it is an absolute belter. And stay safe uh, and stay warm because it's pretty cold. And I'll speak to you next week. <laughs> therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production